This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. You remember when Texas said maybe we should secede? And Texans, real Texans, have been saying that. I think they yeah. said that under Ronald Reagan. See that on the pickup trucks. Those yeah. are those are the, those are the real Texans, and it and it has very little to do with politics. They've been saying it Correct. since 1837. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's time to secede. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there was secession on the ballot here in Texas, and remember how horrible. Horrible Texans were for saying that. Well, now Oregon and California are talking about secession. Be ashamed to see them go. Talk to you later. <laughs> we start there right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have won. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm just looking at Pat and I just realized we are doing a, we're doing a, a talk uh, on the, uh, uh, on the Constitution for I think 90 minutes on Sunday mm-hmm. and uh, we, we probably should talk about that. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, we should Might probably. Be good. My wife said, "When are you? When is that thing?" I said, "Sunday." And she said, "Are you? you are you and Pat going to talk about that?" I said, "We've been a little busy, but yeah, we'll." Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Can I walk, can I walk through this uh, this conversation? You guys will have. To? Uh, it will start with uh, Pat saying, "Hi, thank you for coming, uh, Glenn. You want to start us off?" And then that will be the end of Pat's speaking for the minutes. <laughs> At some point, about forty-eight minutes in, you'll see Pat sneak off and get in his car and drive away. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to actually talk about the Declaration of Independence, and Pat's going to take to the uh, Constitution, uh, and uh, it's all about religious freedom, and it's um, it's going to be happening here in um, uh, at our at our uh, stake center, uh, and it's open to everybody. It's free. Um, uh, how would people find out information on that? Do you have any idea? We'll post it on Glenbeck.com. Mm, but yeah. um, we would love to uh, we'd love to see you because freedom of religion. Uh, is at stake, freedom of speech, and we have to know about our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Declaration of Independence. Pat's going to talk about um, how freedom of religion is on the ropes, and that'll be Sunday. We'll give you more details on that. Maybe we should have a camera come out and film that. Maybe that's something we could put on the blaze as well, in case you missed that. Uh, let's talk a little about secession. Um, California and Oregon are talking now about seceding, which I find amazing because, A, that was so un-American to talk about when Barack Obama was Mm -hmm. president, but now it's uh, very, very popular. And I would just like to speak to California for a second. 
One of their big issues is they're tired of their tax dollars going to the federal government. They want control of their tax dollars and have their tax dollars stay at home for California. And they want to make their decisions not be dictated to by the federal government. What a concept. We would just like to say, we want that too. Yeah. You may be surprised to know that you're not a progressive if you believe in that. You're a constitutionalist. Because that's what the Constitution guarantees that we have now uh, just dismissed. So if you believe those things, then you're actually a constitutionalist and you don't need to secede. You need to join us. You need to join us. And come with us on the Constitution, because once we restore that, those feelings go away. If that's their issue, Hillary wasn't the right candidate. You voted for the wrong person. I don't think these are Hillary people. These are Bernie Sanders people. It, it, at, well, at that's best, even worse. At best. Bernie Sanders would have been even worse for that. No. A socialist? No, no, no. Because here's what people... Here's the problem. People are playing politics, and they're not playing principles. So they're perfectly fine being California as part of the United States as long as the rest of the United States does it the way Californians want. Mm -hmm. And so that's called authoritarianism. They're not really for freedom. They are for their rule of law. And if the rest of the country won't go that way, well, then they don't want to be a part of the country. Yeah, but Bernie Sanders is a strong central government guy. Right, and uh, again... Strongest central government guy we know of in public office. Because they only care about what they want. They believe they're right, and everyone else is wrong. And so, as long as we have a strong central figure in Washington that is forcing everyone else to live the way we want to live, well, then that's great. Then we'll make everybody's life happy because we're going to teach those people in Texas just how happy they're going to be. <laughs> right? It'd be fascinating to see how much... It's, it's, you know what it is? Hang on just a second. It is exactly the argument that Jefferson Davis made. He said states' rights. Well, no, he didn't really mean states' rights because if you joined in the rebellion, you had to be a slave-owning state. You had to be for the furtherance of slavery. So they, they weren't talking about states' rights. They were fighting for their system of government. That's the same thing with California. They're not talking about, hey, we want to be free in California. They're saying, no, we want everybody to live this way. If you choose to, we're taking our marbles and going home. Oregon is also going for this. And there's no sense of irony from the press. There's no sense of, hang on just a second, how did we treat Texans when they said this? And you have to understand, Texas has been saying this, Pat's right, since 1837. Texans have been saying this from the very beginning. I don't know how Texas ever became a state. (laughs) Because this is the way Texas has been from the beginning, secede. But California says, hey, we're the, what is it, the sixth largest economy in the world? We'll take this economy. Okay. I really don't, I mean, 
I know this is very unpopular to say, but I'm I'm really okay with that. I, I don't think we should secede from the union. I think we should live the Constitution, which would allow California to be as weird and progressive as they want to be. Let them do it. That's fine. If I want to join them, I'll join them in California. That's kind of what federalism is in a way. It's it's a way of 50 countries under a very generalized group of rules, but then can do whatever they want inside those rules. I mean, in a way, it is 50 different countries inside a country. That's the way it used it's to be. the way be. it's supposed to be. Correct. If you actually use the 10th Amendment, then that's what it would be. Instead, the people that now want to secede in California have been saying the 10th Amendment is Satan for the past 100 years. Otherwise, why do we have state flags? Why do we have state flags? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just all have one star that says California, Texas, you know, just a, just a flag more like Texas that is red, white, and blue, has the stripes, but just one star. We're one of 50 because we're all unique. We all have different mottos. We all have different things we focus on. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. E pluribus unum, from many, one. But we're not, the, the progressive idea is to not have many. It's to have just one. I'll tell you, the Democrats are going to, um, the Democrats have a hard, hard road. They thought that Barack Obama was going to help them. I don't think so. Now, I do believe he's helped the Marxists. He's helped the socialists. He's, he's helped the radicals of the party. But who are you going to elect four years down the road? It, it'll be somebody like Bernie Sanders. It's got to be somebody like Elizabeth Warren. It's got to be somebody who is radical. Radical. Well, and this is the same thing. Think about go back in election history. John McCain runs and loses. Uh, Mitt Romney runs and loses. What is the reaction to, of the right? It's to say, well, you didn't get anybody. You did this progressive light thing. You did this thing where you basically were running a middle-of-the-road guy that wasn't, had, didn't have conservative principles, and that's why you failed. Same thing's going to happen in uh, the Democrat Party now. They're going to say, wait a minute, we had Bernie Sanders. He ignited the youth. Everyone was excited about him. His polling, by the way, if you go back and look at it, and I think there's flaws with, the, with these comparisons, but his polling was great in a general. I mean, he beat everybody in a general, Sanders. Which he wouldn't Which have. he wouldn't have. I don't think if it I was don't real think, life, yeah. but God only knows at this point. I think um, it would have been close. I, I said from the beginning, I, right. Ted, Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders, give a real choice. I because I think Bernie Sanders would speak to the next generation. He could be America 3.0. But, I mean, if you think about that, they're going to be put, that, that wing of the party is going to be empowered. They yes. are going to say, from their perspective, Hillary Clinton wasn't liberal enough. She was all, you know, talking about Wall Street. She was in bed with Wall Street. She didn't try to vilify the Republicans enough. And, and that was a complaint during the campaign by many of the aides who wanted to say, Donald Trump is just a continuation of everything the Republicans have been doing. Hillary tried to say, well, in most cases, uh, hey, you know, look, this guy's not even a Republican. He's too, li- he's too crazy for even the Republicans. The Republicans, I know you're good people. It's him. He's the crazy one. See, you can't. I, I, I'm, they will blame it. I'm just. I'm so right. tired of listening to the pundits on television trying to figure this election out. This election is really, really simple. Really simple. People were afraid they were going to lose their God and their guns. They were afraid that freedom of religion, which it was is on the ropes, 
that freedom to be yourself, to make your, to chart your own course was on the ropes, that our jobs were going away and they're going away because of regulation. Now, most people just think it's other, it's those companies moving to California. But if you had somebody that really could explain it to the American people, those jobs are moving away because of regulation and high taxes. So it's not to punish the companies. It's to make this the most um, stable and the most um, attractive place on earth for companies to come and relocate. And they will come here. We didn't do that. So they're afraid of their jobs going overseas. They don't see a future except, in many cases, people think it's a Marxist future. Okay? On the other side, Hillary Clinton, it's not that we voted for hatred. I'm surprised that Donald Trump could, um, could win in this country. I am truly surprised. That's not a surprise to anybody who's been listening to me. I didn't think the guy could win. So now try to figure that out. All right, I have to then say the people of the country are racist and misogynist. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not, they're not, they're not. So what are they? They were frightened. Fed up. They were fed up. They were tired of not being listened to. They're tired of being talked down to. They're tired of being called racist. And they're downright angry about all that stuff. Exactly right. And so, but they're not misogynist. They're not racist. Mm-hmm. They, they see what they love being torn apart. Exactly like the left is afraid right now. That the country that they thought that they were living in and they were building was being torn apart. When, when the left is now on the street saying, we got to take our country back, I would ask the same thing that Katie Couric and her ilk said to me. From, from whom? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. From whom? They were making it into a racist thing. From a white guy? Right. Are you taking it back from a white guy? Right. So <laughs> that, that they're feeling exactly the same way now. Yeah. And the there's reason, no self-awareness, though. No self-awareness. They, they don't understand that. And the other big piece of this election is Hillary Clinton is terrible. corrupt. Terrible. Yeah. Just a terrible. But beyond candidate. terrible. If she was just terrible... She might have won. I don't know. People don't like her. I know that. But like but her. they also know Benghazi. They also know she is been she yeah. has been corrupt. The the Clintons, they like Bill Clinton. So they'll give her they'll give him a pass. Mm-hmm. But I don't know even if Bill Clinton would have gotten the pass. Remember, Bill Not Clinton. Anymore. No, Bill Not Clinton anymore. was even shouted down. Bill Clinton didn't dry, draw big crowds because he has sold out. And they know it. Yeah. And she's corrupt. I have not heard anyone from the left on television saying, you know, guys, do you think maybe we shouldn't run somebody who has taken emails and thinks she's above the law? Well, they had nobody else uh, other than Biden who turned it down. They hadn't. Who who'd they have other than a 74 year old socialist? Can we stop for a moment and think and about nobody else. how pissed Joe Biden oh. is. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, this he guy probably would have won. Huh? I mean, I mean he, he wouldn't have had the there. FBI thing, probably, right. and that's really. I mean, again, she was ahead until twelve days before that thing, and uh, the FBI thing happened, and he was able to close that gap. 
I mean, you know, something else may have happened with Joe Biden, but the the negatives of Joe Biden are also very similar to the negatives of Trump when it comes to campaigning. They say they have gaffes. They say things that are outlandish at times. It would have been interesting. Now this, President Obama's economy created 220,000 new companies in the first quarter of 2016. Sounds like a lot, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. 220,000 new companies in the first quarter of 2016. This is the latest data. Uh Uh-huh. This is down from 246,000 created in fourth quarter. Wow. This is the biggest collapse of the creation of new companies in American history. Really? Nobody's talking about it. Wednesday, um, as President Obama comes to the end, company creation rates are as dismal as they were when he was inaugurated. New business creation, especially small business, that's the backbone of of America and a growing economy. As we hit another stumbling block, and it will happen, don't cheer at the stock market going up under Trump. This could be at a, a, become a bigger bubble. Be careful. Please call Goldline and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Have something that is stable and something that, if God forbid things collapse, it falls it falls into something that the world always turns to. Gold. Goldline. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Glenn Beck Program. The wonderful world of Oz in a half hour. Um... That's, that's uh, weird. <laughs> Mark Geis from uh, from Benghazi, the movie Thirteen Hours. The the real guy is going to be with us. Um, he is uh, he is a real hero. It's going to be interesting to hear his perspective on why Hillary lost and how he feels mm-hmm. um, about Hillary r- riding away in the sunset. Uh, he'll be with us in a few minutes. It is Veterans Day, and we have to take a moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For everything that you have uh, done uh, for our country. Unusually, even Google 
uh, saluted veterans today with their, you know, their little doodle that they do on special days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they'll do, uh, they'll do Kierkegaard, uh, his birthday, or the day Kierkegaard wrote a quote. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> they'll celebrate that for a week, and then they'll ignore Veterans Day. But today, to their credit, they they celebrate veterans. And and there's only only one person on the show that has uh, military experience, Jeffy, who served in. <laughs> Island of Spice. Island of Spice. Thank you. Um, I mean, what you do? What you do? In, in his mind, he served in Grenada. Island of Saved the Western Hemisphere from communism. Right. Mm-hmm. How were you? How were you part of that in the Royal? What? What were you part of the Royal Marines? The Royal, and how did you get into the uh, the Marine Corps? Uh, we stormed the beaches. Oh, that was our deal. That wasn't Britain's deal. You're thinking yeah. of Falkland Islands. Oh, Grenada. Yeah, this, We're talking Grenada oh, here. I, yeah, I forgot about the, the lost war of right. Grenada. Oh, that is not yeah. a lost war, my friend. I'm yeah. not Thank in this you. room because you, 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 you can't yeah. talk about it enough. Uh, I'm you're sadly, the one that brought it up. Sadly, I don't like to bring it up and talk oh, about it. Oh, I know. You're so, you're so <laughs> the past. reticent. Yeah. I, um, and also, he can't seem to <laughs> produce any evidence no, he can't. of this supposed no, service. He, that isn't it against the law to pretend you're a soldier? <laughs> stolen valor? Yeah, stolen valor. Stolen valor. Yeah. So... Yeah, he's very proud. I would like to see a picture of you, you know, in in the uniform. They don't forget it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a secret. No, if we get the it's picture, secret. then it is stolen valor. Yes. Then I get, you get in trouble yeah. for pictures. Unless it's a picture of you, like in a, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking directly to Photoshop people, you know, a picture of you in like uh, some sort of, um, I don't know, old Soviet uniform with a chest full of medals. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> Uh, thank you to our real veterans, our actual veterans. Yeah. Absolutely, thank you, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and you're welcome. You know what? You know you. I'm going to be interested. We should let Jeffy just talk <laughs> old times with Oz. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. When he comes in, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah we're going to let you just talk about right. what it's like in the fight because mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll appreciate well, I mean, Valor. <laughs> The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Megan Kelly is going to be on our program. Our new book is coming out. Settle for more. She's going to be on the program. Uh, hope to be able to spend an hour with her. She is. Um, uh, she is telling it all in uh, her new book. There's some interesting stuff. In <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, she talks about how Roger Ailes uh, chased her around a desk and. Uh, Tried to forcibly kiss her, uh, then threatened her with a contract. When's your contract up? As she was walking towards the door. That was his M.O., though, right? With, with, uh, apparently with, so. Yeah. Apparently so. Um, uh, she alludes, she says that Fox was deep in the bag, and uh, she alludes for apparently Trump. to the, yeah, for Trump, and she alludes to the fact that um, he was given information 
Um, she never says that he was that that he was you know that a Donna Brazil thing happened. Well, in fact, I think she has come out since and said that she didn't believe that either. She yeah. didn't say it in the book, and it's not she doesn't believe that. There's a story about the book that insinuated that that's kind of what she was hinting at. Uh, but right. she, she says came no. out to make a statement that that was not what she was hinting but at. But she did talk about. I haven't read the book yet, but it's my understanding she did talk about how Roger Ailes was deeply before he left. Um, involved in the the Trump election, which well, I think that was pretty clear. Yeah, that's clear. You know, that's Fox was in the clear. bag for, yeah. for him from the beginning, and she she also talks about she also talks about how uh, Roger Ailes um, torpedoed her um, by helping Trump torpedo her, uh, and part of that was payback when she would not stand up for him. And we told you we told you that was going on. I mean, I man, I. What I've read so far in this book is exactly what, at least I said off the air, was happening behind Well, when Trump was coming after her, and we were all amazed at how how lukewarm or non-existent the Fox support for her was. It was shocking. Um, The the other thing she um, uh, talks about um, in here is she says that she... Woke up feeling uh, great the day uh, of the uh, the day of the debate. Then I'm quoting. Then an overzealous, suspiciously enthusiastic driver picked me up to take me to the convention center. He insisted in getting her coffee, although she repeatedly declined his offer. Once uh, it was in her hand, she drank it. Within 15 minutes, she was violently ill, vomiting so uncontrollably that it was unclear if she'd be able to go help and moderate the evening. It was so bad that she had to keep a trash pail beneath her desk throughout the debate just in case. Ms. Kelly never says outright that someone tried to poison her. A stomach bug was going around, she notes. But the episode spooked her enough that she shared it later with Roger Ailes and a lawyer friend of his. Foul play? Again, she reports, you decide. Interesting. Yeah. Um... It's it's going to be an interesting conversation with um, Megyn Kelly. And I will tell you that that is the kind of atmosphere that Roger Ailes would create, is a very paranoid, people are out to 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 get you kind of thing. There's no way we could do that interview over the phone. I mean, she needs to be here <laughs> in Texas. No, I believe I mean, there's, because of a restraining, I believe there's a restraining order against you. So, uh, anyway. Um my daughter said to me, Mary, who is my oldest daughter, um, who um, is just one of the deepest feeling people I know, she said to me yesterday, we were um, driving in the car, and she said, Dad, and she, she thinks differently um, than anybody um, I've ever met, and she, she told me, she said, I'm keep, I, I made a list, Dad, I'm watching TV, and I made a list of all of the cities that have riots in them. And she said, and how they're spreading, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, uh, I've been thinking about how do we, how do we stop this? And I said, what do you, what have you come up with? And she said, have you ever read the copy of the script of the princess bride that we have? And I said, no. And I'm trying to connect the dots. And she said, oh, you have to read it. You know, it's not the original ending. This is the first draft script. 
And I said, oh, I, I didn't know that. And she said, yeah, this is the first draft of The Princess Bride. So the ending is completely different. And I said, oh, and I didn't know. And I'm trying to figure out how is she going to get back to the riots. riots. Or whatever they are. Yeah. And no, in, in Portland, they're calling them the riots now. The police have declared they are riots. Um, uh, and she said, you know how it ends in the movie? And I said, yeah, as you wish. She said, right, that's not the way it ends in the, in the script. So I have the, this is the original, and it says, and I didn't even notice this, it's The Princess Bride, uh, handwritten, first draft, January 11th, 1974. Now, I think this came out, what, 78? What, the book? No, the, the movie. No, the movie was 80? 86. Okay, so this is the first draft in 1974. And I have thumbed through it enough to know that it's, I mean, all the scenes are there, and it's word for word. You can open it up to almost any page, uh, and uh, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can see it, um, that it hasn't been changed. So I just assumed the, the ending was the same, but it's not. In this ending, in this ending, um, the, the little boy and his grandfather are um, in the bedroom, and he gets to the place where Prince Humperdinck is tied to the chair, and Wesley is, has won, and Fezzik is down leading four great white horses. He glances up and sees them on the balcony. Three friendly faces, Fezzik says. I, I've been so lost, Inigo, and I've stumbled onto the prince's stables, and he has four white horses, and I thought, that's how many of us there are. Four, if we ever found the lady. Hello, lady. So I brought them along in case we ever ran into each other, and I guess we just did, looking down. Fezzik, you did something right. Don't worry, <laughs> I won't let it go to my head. We use that line with Jeffy all the time. Right. Jeffy, you did, did something. something right. Uh, something unexpected, very lovely happens. Buttercup floats through the air, soft and graceful. And what's happening, of course, is that they're jumping from the balcony and Fezzik is catching them and putting them each on a horse. Uh, Fezzik then yanks them open the gates and the riders race through through the night. Kid's old man um, says, and as last they rode to freedom, a great wave of adoration swept over Buttercup. And when she saw the adoration reflected in Wesley's eyes, she said to him, she said to him, cut to the kid's bedroom. The boy is asleep. The father, the grandfather looks at him and says, um, it got very romantic. And he's whispering to him as he's asleep, you would have hated the end anyway. He tooks, takes and closes the book and puts it by his bedside table. Um, by the way, considering the greatest hunter in the history of the world was on their trail, they lived happily ever after. He turns off the light. He turns around, walks to the door, leaves, closes the door. Then the little boy jumps up in a whirlwind, grabs the book, grabbing the flashlight from the bed table drawer. He hides them both, the book and the light, under the cover. As the light flickers on, he flips through the book. Cut to, in color, jumping towards the camera. Then there will be no one to hear you scream. Um, then, in black and white, the kid t- t- takes and flips the other page. In color, no reason. 
it's only that I just happened to look behind us, and there's something there. Inconceivable! You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Why do you wear a mask and a hood? I don't know. They're terribly comfortable, and I think everyone will be wearing them in the near future. Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. That's when the little boy just says, hold tight on the kid's eyes. Just hold. As once again, we hear the sound we heard at the black at the start of the picture. Blades crossing the whip of rapier slashing the air. Two masters are battling. We hear it. And we know there are still legends alive and breathing. There are still giants on the earth. Fade out. Mary said, have you ever read that? I said, no. She said, Dad, the answer is in A Princess Bride. I said, what? (laughs) She said, the answer is in The Princess Bride. And everybody of my generation will understand it. What did the grandfather do? And what did the little boy do? They didn't fight against each other. The little boy didn't want the grandfather to come. He's going to pinch my cheeks. The little boy didn't want to hear the story. He only loves sports. Is there any sports? There's no kissing, is there? The grandfather wanted him to share this story because it meant so much to him in the old country. And he knew he would make the boy feel better. What did they do? They sat and they listened to each other. They sat and they bridged the gap uncomfortably at the beginning. But the little boy listened to the other and realized there's something of value here. She said, it's missing the ending. She said, the best part of this book is as you wish. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go do that. It doesn't mean I'll be back tomorrow. It doesn't mean um, I will serve you. It means I love you. And until we love each other, we're just not going to be able to cross the divide. We will never sit and actually discover the great adventure that is in front of us. For those who have been thrown into the sea of screeching eels, come back into the boat. You might think you're surrounded by scoundrels, and one of them in the boat is probably going to turn out to be a scoundrel, but others might turn out to be good friends that actually help change your life. If we can just look each other in the eye at this point and say, as you wish. Our sponsor this half hour is Zip Recruiter. The people you hire, has, they, it has a lot to do with the success of your company. Um, To find the right candidates, we use ZipRecruiter.com. You can post 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You know what I I found is that when you hire somebody, 
sometimes you're not quite sure if it's the right person. But when they get in, if anybody is trying to sabotage that person, even if there was a real debate on, we're going to hire this person, I don't, I'm telling you, that's not the person we should hire, you'll fire the person who sabotages them on the way in. Even if it turns out six months, a year later, that that wasn't the right hire, they were right. You can't sabotage somebody when they come in. It's hard enough to get people that are good for the company and find them. Give them a chance once they get in. ZipRecruiter.com will help you find that right person. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter has been used over a million businesses, and we've used it. Um, And right now, ZipRecruiter is going to let you post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Post over 100-plus job sites, including the social media networks. It's ZipRecruiter.com. Try it for free right now and hire the right person the first time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. We have one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. This is, I'm just sitting here we're d- during the break, and we're reading the, um, the first draft of The Princess Bride, the screenplay. Um, and it's amazing how exact it is to the movie, except the ending. I mean, that must have been Carl, uh, I mean, Rob Reiner or somebody. I don't know who made that ending change, but that change gave it, you know, real heart at the end. It's amazing when you read it because almost every page you can quote. Mm-hmm. It must be, besides like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, what other movie can you quote almost every line from? Coming to America. Eddie Murphy. Rocky Three. Uh, none for me, frankly. Other than Wonderful Life, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a lot of quotes Pat knows from that. Real Genius starring Val Kilmer. A lot of people are there. <laughs> By the way, I saw Arrival last night. Oh, I'm going to see it today, I think. Are you? Good? Yeah. Um, I think it is the best invasion film. Um, It's tense all the way, and unlike any invasion film I've ever seen. Alien invasion. Yeah, alien invasion. Alien invasion. Yeah. Um, And and please uh, ruin everything. I won't. I'm not going to say anything about this one, uh, uh, other than it is a thinking man's movie. This is not... You just ruined it. Yeah. Well, Brad... I don't Brad want to Stanks think he, he saw it last night as well. What did he say? He, Pat, don't say what he said because that'll ruin it for people. Just don't. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. Okay. I wanted it's to just give a thinking you the man. Do it. He gave you. I, I'm not guaranteeing that you'll love it. I think it will be one of these movies that over time you'll love. It's think you have to think. Rafe saw it. And he saw the trailer and he's like, "Dad, we gotta go." And I was gonna take him. I don't. I think my 12 year old son will be bored to tears. Oh, in it. Is it kind of like? No, no, no. But it's not that way. Interstellar. Yes, kind of a yes. Man's movie. Yes, too, and I love that. Yes, it was really good. Very much like Interstellar. So it's not like Alien, where it's like 
Yeah. You know, it, it is a thinking movie like Interstellar yeah. in some ways. I've never seen one like this. I think it's really, really good. My wife is listening right now. We are no longer going to go see Arrival. Oh, Tanya loved it. Yeah, at least it will not. <laughs> She's going to be like, ah, oh, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Oh, no, it's too bad because it's not really good. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.